Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Come Follow Me Today, a brief message to help us experience an additional spiritual moment in our otherwise complicated lives. My name is Caleb Sanford, and thank you for joining me as we accept Christ's invitation to follow him today. For those of you new to the show, we're studying the Book of Mormon, another testament of Jesus Christ, together this year, loosely following the study curriculum of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And today we're going to be in Alma chapter 30. So over the last few weeks, we've been discussing the missionary efforts of Alma, Ammon, and Aaron as they preached to the Nephites and Lamanites and brought many souls unto Christ. Well, their missions seem to have wrapped up and everyone has congregated back in the land of Zarahemla. Ammon and his anti-Nephi-Lehi's are living in Jershon. Alma is back in Zarahemla. And who knows where Aaron ended up? Well, things settle down for a bit as there is peace in all the land until one day when a man named Korahor comes onto the scene. Referred to as Antichrist in the Book of Mormon, Korahor sets off to persuade the saints to abandon their beliefs. Quote, O ye that are bound down under a foolish and a vain hope, why do ye yoke yourselves with such foolish things? Why do ye look for a Christ? For no man can know of anything which is to come. Behold, these things which ye call prophecies, which ye say are handed down by holy prophets, behold, they are foolish traditions of your fathers. How do ye know of their surety? Behold, ye cannot know of things which ye do not see. Therefore, ye cannot know that there shall be a Christ. Ye look forward and say that ye see a remission of your sins. But behold, it is effect of a frenzied mind. And this derangement of your minds comes because of the traditions of your fathers, which lead you away into a belief of things which are not so. And thus he did preach unto them, leading away the hearts of many, causing them to lift up their heads in their wickedness, yea, leading away many women and also men to commit whoredoms, telling them that when a man was dead, that was the end thereof. End quote. So Korahar gets picked up by the local neighborhood watch and gets passed from city to city as no one knows what to do with him. They don't want him hanging around their kids, but he's not really committing any crimes. So eventually they ship him to Zarahemla to let Alma deal with him. So once Alma is presented with Korahor, we have one of the classic exchanges of the Book of Mormon. Quote, And then Alma said unto him, Believest thou that there is a God? And he answered, Nay. Now Alma said unto him, What evidence have ye that there is no God, or that Christ cometh not? I say unto you that ye have none, save it be your word only. But behold, I have all things as a testimony that these things are true. And ye also have all things as a testimony unto you that they are true. Behold, I know that thou believest, but thou art possessed with a lying spirit, and ye have put off the spirit of God, that it may have no place in you. But the devil has power over you, and he doth carry you about, working devices that he may destroy the children of God. And now Korahor said unto Alma, If thou wilt show unto me a sign, that I may be convinced that there is a God, yea, show unto me that he hath power, and then will I be convinced of the truth of thy words. But Alma said unto him, Thou hast had signs enough. Will ye tempt your God? Will ye say, Show unto me a sign, when ye have the testimony of all these thy brethren, and also all the holy prophets? The scriptures are laid before thee. Yea, and all things denote there is a God. Yea, even the earth, and all the things that are upon the face of it. Yea, and its motion. Yea, and all the planets which move in their regular form do witness that there is a supreme creator. And yet do ye go about leading away the hearts of this people, testifying unto them there is no God? And yet will ye deny against all these witnesses? And he said, Yea, I will deny, except ye shall show me a sign. End quote. Well, to sum up the story, 
Alma then smites Korahor dumb with the power of God to prevent him from dragging away any more souls. Korahor recognizes the power of God at that point and admits that he had been led astray by the devil. Quote, now when he had said this, he besought that Alma should pray unto God that the curse might be taken from him. And it came to pass that the curse was not taken off of Korahor, but he was cast out and went about from house to house begging for his food. End quote. Korahor then, then ends up begging among the Zoramites and is trampled to death, and thus ends his story. Okay, so I'm not happy about what happened to Korahor for a lot of reasons. Let me try to explain why. First, was Korahor really doing anything that wrong in trying to persuade the people about his point of view? The people of the church had no doubt tried to persuade him of their beliefs many times over the years in terms of missionary work. So why can't Korahor express his own beliefs? But more than that, as I read his remarks, I see concepts and ideas that I myself had expressed prior to joining the church. Quote, How do ye know of their surety? Behold, ye cannot know of things which ye do not see. Therefore, ye cannot know that there shall be a Christ. End quote. This was a big stumbling block for me as I learned about the church. Everyone talks about how they know everything in the gospel to be true. How? What does that mean? You may believe, but you can't really know, right? I thought the same thing as Korahor. So do we really arrest people for struggling through their unbelief? And let's talk about Alma's reaction. Don't get me wrong. I love the verse about how we have the words of all the prophets and everything around us, the earth, the planets, everything shows there's a God. I believe that now. I see the hand of God in nature all around me. But for anyone who's done missionary work, you know that this isn't really a winning argument. People like Korahor have been living in God's creation their whole life and obviously haven't connected the dots. This is why we try to encourage people to pray about what they're experiencing and learning to show God they want to believe so that he can send the spirit to testify them. So Alma's speech about nature and the solar system, while really cool for those of us who already believe, is quite ineffective with Korahor. And so Korahor responds that he still needs a sign if he's going to believe in God. But why does Alma dismiss this request so quickly? Receiving a sign from God is literally the basis for how we engage in missionary work. Look at the introduction to the Book of Mormon. Quote, We invite all men everywhere to read the Book of Mormon, to ponder in their hearts the message it contains, and then to ask God, the Eternal Father, in the name of Christ, if the book is true. Those who pursue this course and ask in faith will gain a testimony of its truth and divinity by the power of the Holy Ghost. End quote they'll receive a sign. Moroni chapter 10, quote, And when ye shall receive these things, I would exhort you that you would ask God, the Eternal Father, in the name of Christ, if these things are not true. And if ye shall ask with a sincere heart, with real intent, having faith in Christ, he will manifest the truth of it, of it unto you by the power of the Holy Ghost, end quote. As a missionary, I promised hundreds of people that if they would study the Book of Mormon, and pray to feel the truthfulness of the gospel, that they would receive a divine witness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I promised them they would receive a sign. Now, I don't think Korahor was really asking in faith for a sign, but Alma didn't even try to work with him on that. It seems like Alma decided that there was no hope for Korahor and writes him off. Quote, Behold, it is better that thy soul should be lost than that thou shouldst be the means of bringing many souls down to destruction by thy, by thy lying and by thy flattering words, end quote. Has Alma forgotten who he used to be? 
let me refresh our memories. Quote, Now the sons of Mosiah were numbered among the unbelievers, and also one of the sons of Alma was numbered among them, he being called Alma after his father. Nevertheless, he became a very idolatrous man, and he was a man of many words and did speak much flattery to the people. Therefore, he led many of the people to do after the manner of his iniquities. And he became a great hinderment to the prosperity of the church of God, stealing away the hearts of the people, causing much dissension among the people, giving a chance for the enemy of God to exercise his power over them. End quote. Alma used to be exactly like Korahor. Did God write off Alma? Did God decide that it was better to lose Alma's soul than to let him continue to drag down his children? No. He sent Alma a visitation by an angel. He gave Alma a sign. Alma wasn't asking in faith to know if the gospel is true either, but God saw the potential in Alma and did what was necessary to save him. And yet, Alma didn't treat Korahor the same way. And even more tragic, after Korahor received his sign and couldn't speak anymore, he admitted to his wrongdoing, how he was beguiled by the devil. And then he begged Alma to pray to God to take away his curse. To me, it seemed like he wanted to repent, to change his life. And Alma refused to pray on his behalf. Well, when we read this story of Korahor, we tend to see him as the villain. How he deserved what he got. How evil a person he was. Having been in his shoes, all I see is a confused man struggling to figure out his faith. Quote, I do not deny the existence of a God, but I do not believe that there is a God. And except you show me a sign, I will not believe. End quote. So what's the lesson in this story for you and me? I think most people read the story and see it as an example of how to handle situations when people try to tear down our faith. But to be honest, Alma does a pretty poor job of that here. I think the real lesson is to remember where we came from, to remember our own unbelief, the converting experiences we've had that have led us down the straight and narrow path towards the tree of life. And then most of all, that we should never give up on anyone. We should never pass judgment on someone for being too far gone, unable to come back to Christ, because Heavenly Father never gave up on you and me. As Ammon said earlier in chapter 26, quote, Who could have supposed that our God would have been so merciful as to have snatched us from our awful, sinful, and polluted state? Behold, we went forth even in wrath with mighty threatenings to destroy his church. Oh, then, why did he not consign us to an awful destruction? Yea, why did he not let the sword of his justice fall upon us and doom us to eternal despair? Oh, my soul, almost as it were, fleeth at the thought. Behold, he did not exercise his justice upon us, but in his great mercy hath brought us over that everlasting gulf of death and misery, even to the salvation of our souls. End quote. As you and I continue working to accept our Savior's invitation to come and follow him today, let's make sure we remember the path we've come down. And if we see someone far behind us on that path, or perhaps off the path altogether, let's always retain hope in our hearts for them and do what we can to help them receive the same blessings that we have received as we've strengthened our relationship with God. Because when we meet someone like Korahor in our lives, that person might be my brother or your sister. And there are very likely many people praying for them, just as Alma the father prayed for his son Alma, that he might come back to God one day. Thank you for listening today, and I'll see you next time.